0: It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. What a privilege to be able to open up God's Word once more as we try to do every day on this radio program. On Search the Scriptures we try to get into God's Word in an in-depth fashion, look at it in detail, and, but yet at the same time try to understand it and explain it in a way that is easy for us to comprehend and that makes sense for our, for our everyday lives. We hope that you are learning God's word by being with us each day here on Search the Scriptures. And we pray that in doing so, God is being glorified. We hope that you're listening on a regular basis and that you're encouraging others to listen and it would be good to hear from you, either to meet you in person if you're uh, able to visit with us in person at Sunny Slope or to hear from you through email or snail mail or by telephone with any questions or thoughts you might have. It's encouraging to us, and we pray that we're helping you in teaching God's Word to be able to be better able to make your decision as to what you're going to do about God's will communicated through His Word. And we pray about you, or rather we pray for you, we care about you. We really do uh, pray that you're going to be able to make that right decision. It's always wonderful to be here to study along with Dennis Stackhouse,
1: Thank you, Gary. I'm certainly blessed and privileged to be with you today on the program, and I would like to welcome those listening. We're certainly pleased that you're here listening to Search the Scriptures at this time. And you know, you spoke, Gary, about how important it is for us to conform our lives to God's will, and I'm reminded when we speak in those terms that we know there are people who believe, well, the Bible is just too difficult I just can't understand it. It's just beyond me. Well, it really isn't. If we give diligence to it, we can understand it. God expects us to understand it because the things he's recorded in his word are for our benefit. And he expects us to be able to conform our lives to those teachings. So certainly, it's going to be put down in such a fashion that we can comprehend it. We can understand it. And then we can make the proper applications.
0: And God would not expect something of us that is impossible for us, would he?
1: That's exactly right. And uh, that's a little simpler way to say it than I just did. But <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> well, that, that's exactly the case. He, he is a God of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he created us in his image. He wants us to be with him forever and eternity. Yes. Peter says in Second Peter 3 and verse 9, he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Mm-hmm. God has given us his word to help us. Exactly. To guide us, to prepare us for eternity. He has, and we need to take advantage of that. We certainly do. Now, Dennis, speaking of that, we are in the middle of a study about being a Christian. Yes, we are. In fact, it is entitled, Just a Christian. Yes. We've made the point, we've tried to emphasize it in the first couple of lessons in this uh, in this particular study, that what we're talking about is really for a lot of people a revolutionary message.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Gary. Uh, I think for for many people, perhaps the majority of people who are within the quote unquote Christian world today, they've probably never thought of this concept at all.
0: Most people are attuned. To thinking of themselves by their particular denominational name
1: Mm -hmm.
0: more so than by the scriptural term Christian. I think you're right. And what we need to recognize is that God did not send his son to make us members of a denomination.
1: Mm -hmm. Not at all.
0: He sent his son to establish the church, Mm -hmm. the body of Christ, into which we could come and find salvation.
1: That's correct. Jesus came to establish his church, the church that belongs to him, the church that wears his name, that the church whose members identify with Christ and Christ alone.
0: And since he is the head of the church, the body, mm-hmm. it's his body. Yes. It, it would only make sense that the members of that church should identify as being his followers rather than the followers of some particular denomination. Exactly. That denominational concept is really foreign to what the Bible teaches.
1: Yes, it certainly is. And uh, again, you know, probably a lot of people have not given this very much thought.
0: I suspect not. I I think a lot of people are rather um, careless in their concept of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that to try to be unnecessarily in, you know, uh, demeaning or anything and certainly not to be insulting. I Mm -hmm. think it's just that and and we've emphasized this many times in the program, so many denominations are teaching so little Bible Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. that people are just not, they just don't know what the Bible Mm -hmm. teaches. They're not being trained in God's Word very well.
1: That's true. Uh, another factor that may play into that is we're creatures of habit and you know mom and dad did it their mom and dad did it my wife and I are going to do it our children are going to do it the same way that generations before us have done it and they don't question it you're right it's just what's always been done
0: yes and they just kind of fall into the pattern they do and a lot of times The patterns we fall into are not necessarily good patterns.
1: That can be true, yes. Now,
0: let's go back to Acts chapter 11 and read verse 26. And this is an interesting verse of scripture because it tells us what we really, you know, what we should recognize, I think, scripturally as a proper identification, a name if you would, Mm -hmm. that we should call ourselves.
1: Yes, it certainly does. Acts 11 verse 26 reads, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch.
0: Now, of course, this was talking about Barnabas finding Saul of Tarsus, bringing him to Antioch Mm -hmm. of Syria. And Mm -hmm. that would be a congregation that would serve as something of their base Mm -hmm. for uh, some time to come, they would go on the first missionary journey together Mm -hmm. from Antioch, Assyria. Right. Now what we really are focusing on in this particular study is that last part of the verse where it says the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Right. Christians. Mm -hmm. How many denominations were there at this particular time?
1: There were no denominations. They had not even been
0: devised. No denominations. No. Isn't it amazing that there were no denominations in the first century? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not saying there was not some division.
1: No, not at all.
0: There was some division.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there was some false teaching. Yes, that that you know crept in uh, fairly quickly after the church was established. But there were no denominations.
1: No, there certainly weren't. These people were members of the church we spoke about just a few moments ago that Christ came to establish.
0: The whole concept of denominationalism, and that is dividing the church into various religious groups with their own distinctive and individual names Mm -hmm. and doctrines Mm -hmm. and practices, That's not scriptural. You won't find that in scripture.
1: No, in fact, just the opposite of that is what we find in scripture, Gary. Uh, Jesus himself, his disciples after him were very clear that there was one church or one body.
0: And so actually what we find in regard to to denominationalism is that it is unscriptural.
1: That's correct.
0: Now we need to really start to understand that particular principle Mm-hmm. Because the whole concept of denominationalism is not just not in Scripture, it is taught against in Scripture.
1: Exactly right.
0: In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, as we read in a previous program in this series, the Apostle Paul is emphatic, repeated, as to teaching against any kind of division.
1: Yes, he is. In fact, he says there is to be no division. Very emphatically again.
0: Yes. And he uses five different expressions in that one verse Mm -hmm. to emphasize that true Christians are to be completely, completely united Mm -hmm. in the same mind and the same judgment. He says there should be no divisions among you. Mm Mm-hmm. But that you should be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment,
1: exactly right.
0: That's not the model that we see in the denominational world today.
1: No, it certainly isn't.
0: All kinds of different names,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes names of individuals, yes, and all everyone has their distinct set of doctrinal beliefs and practices, mm-hmm. yes. They do their own things their own ways. That's not the unity that is taught in Scripture.
1: It is not.
0: In fact, in, in John chapter 17 and verse 21, Jesus, or 17 rather, chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus prayed that his followers would be as united as he and the Father in heaven are united.
1: hmm. He did. I think that actually is verse 21.
0: You are correct. Verse 17 is talking about uh, sanctifying them through your truth. Your word is truth. Exactly. Now, I was getting the two verses mixed up. I apologize. Now, can you imagine God the Father and God the Son being in disharmony? Never. Over which name the followers should wear? No. Over some particular point of doctrine? Not at all. The plan of salvation? No. No. The organization of the church? None of those things. Or anything else?
1: No, not at all.
0: Now, why then do we assume, and I think a lot of it is we just assume without even thinking about it, that it's okay to be divided on all of those things Mm -hmm. and many others through some denominational system of Christianity?
1: It is a mystery. It really is.
0: Well... The the disciples, the followers of Christ were called Christians, just Christians mm-hmm. at Antioch. In Acts chapter twenty-six and verse twenty-eight, we find another use of this particular term of identity. What does it say there?
1: Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian.
0: Paul was presenting his defense. Before King Agrippa and the Roman governor Festus. Mm-hmm. And he, when he finished, actually, Festus had uh, interrupted him and accused him of being crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he started talking about arising from the dead. Yes. Uh, Christ arising from the dead. Right. But uh, Paul was not daunted by this. He turned, you know, to Hephaestus And he said, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. And basically he said, kind of uh, uh, boiling it down, ask King Agrippa. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced he knows about these things. Yes. Because this was not done in secret. That's right. And then he he focuses on Agrippa and says, do you believe? And uh, Agrippa responds, you almost persuade me to be a Christian.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, another translation there is, in a short time, you fain would make me a Christian. Yes. It, it's, you wonder there whether Agrippa is being sincere or whether he is, is being uh, rather cutting in his remark there. Mm-hmm. But regardless of which one were to understand, he uses that term, Christian, as a term of identity.
1: He certainly does
0: and appropriately so. Yes,
1: very appropriate.
0: Now let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 and how about reading verse 16 there?
1: Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter.
0: So if anyone suffers as a Christian, let's talk a little bit here. So here's three times in the New Testament we find this term used to identify the faithful followers of Christ.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that term. What does it denote?
1: The term Christian uh, would be speaking of someone who is actively involved in or committed to following Christ, his teachings, his example, seeking heaven as their ultimate eternal home.
0: So it would be a term identifying an individual with Christ Mm -hmm. as his follower. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably as his faithful followers, what should be understood there. Certainly. It's a term that makes all the sense in the world, isn't it?
1: Oh, it certainly does. Absolutely does.
0: If we call ourselves by the name of a denomination, normally that... Denotes or connotes in the person who is listening to us the understanding that we are a member of that denomination. Mm -hmm. And most people, again, use that particular reference or frame of reference of identity in their spiritual lives to Mm -hmm. identify themselves. Yeah, I'm a whatever. I'm a, in the name of this denomination or that denomination they're not identifying themselves first and foremost with Christ, they're identifying themselves with the denomination.
1: Yes, and many times with a human
0: individual. That's correct. And once again when you recognize that all of these different denominational groups are distinct to themselves, Mm -hmm. it's not even the idea that, well okay, what's the big deal about a name? We've talked about that before in previous programs. Mm-hmm, if you're married, right. just go home and call your spouse by your last boyfriend or girlfriend's name and see if it matters.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to uh, really quickly get you in tune with how much names do matter. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not even that. I mean, even if, if, if you could somehow justify that preposterous line of reasoning that names don't really matter... It's, it's not just that all of these different religious groups, these denominations, it's not the idea that they believe the same thing, teach the same thing, practice the same thing. They don't. No. It's not that they're all in tune doctrinally, but they just call themselves by different names. That's not it at all. Mm-hmm. The name is just one more term of identity or one more feature of that particular religious group that indicates that they are distinct to themselves. They have their own set of beliefs, their own set of doctrine, the way they do things. They are a unique group to themselves. They're not in unity with others. Now, I know that some would say, yes, we are. We all, yeah, we just, we're going the same place. We're just going in different directions. That's nonsense. Mm -hmm. That's right. We don't travel that way. We don't act that way. Believe that way. We don't live that way in any other frame of reference. No, we don't. We understand you have to be specific in Mm -hmm. what you do in order to get to the desired goal or result of what you want to accomplish. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is no less true. In fact, it should be even more emphatically emphasized when it comes to our spiritual lives.
1: Well, it really should, Gary. And it's, you know, you've said it several times in this program alone. When we speak about denominationalism, we're speaking about a system of thought and practice that divides. And that's exactly what it does. And again it's contrary to what we read in the scriptures. You know, we could go back to the passage in 1 Corinthians that we read earlier in this series of lessons. And in verse 13, Paul asks a series of rhetorical questions. And again, this emphasizes how important it is that we're following or using the proper name. Uh, He said, is Christ divided? Well, obviously the answer is no, Christ is not divided. Was Paul crucified for you? Certainly not. Paul didn't go to that cross at Calvary. He did not die for my sins. He was incapable of doing so. And then he finishes out that verse, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Again, absolutely not. And again, this emphasizes we need to be wearing the name of Christian and we need to be honoring Christ in doing so.
0: When we're wearing some other name, we just need to ask ourselves. Again, people, I I think they just, they don't even think about it because Mm -hmm. it's always been that way for them. Mm -hmm. It's always been that way for most people. When you're wearing somebody else's name or some organization's name, first, before you say, oh, oh, yeah, well, I'm a Christian too. Excuse me? You're a Christian too? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm this kind of Oh, So you're a brand of Christian? <laughs> like a brand of hamburger? Mm-hmm. Or a brand of automobile? Or a brand of clothing? What? Come on. Let, are we Christians or not? Right. But the denominational names, just again, one more feature that identifies us with a particular System that is not necessarily found in Scripture, because everyone has their own system, mm-hmm. and that's not in keeping with what God's Word teaches. No,
1: on it's Christianity,
0: not. not at all. Denominational names confuse; they divide into groups known by different identities, and you end up with, as we've just emphasized, different brands of Christianity. Yes. A simpler, more straightforward, and a truer to Scripture frame of reference is to simply use the name Christian.
1: Yes, it is. You won't go wrong in that regard.
0: And I would hold that that is the term that is correct, Mm -hmm. that is scriptural, that we should use. That's right. We should not be careless in how we think of our identity, and we should not be careless in how we explain our identity. That's right. If we're truly followers of Christ, then we're supposed to be Christians. Mm-hmm. You'll never find a denominational name attached to that term of identity anywhere, anywhere in the New Testament. That's right. It's just Christian. It is. We'll continue this study next time. We'd sure love to hear from our listeners. We'd be glad to send you that free Bible study and let you study more fully on how to be just a Christian.